Welcome to Job Seekers Radio. I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. This production is meant to provide meaningful support to find great careers faster. Whether you're working or not. Today on Job Seekers Radio, we're talking about how to find a job in a different city. Right. That remote job search, if you will. We're not talking about remote work at home, but how do I find a job, say, my wife and I talk a lot about Italy. How would I find a job in Italy? Yeah, I can't speak to uh, international moves, but I can speak to interstate moves within the U.S. And so I imagine it's going to be similar. Um, Obviously, with international moves, you've got a whole lot of layers to get through. And I have no experience with that. and work permits and all that nonsense. And every country is different. Back many years ago, I was looking at the possibility of moving to France and looking at their requirements. I happened to find a website about how to be an illegal alien in France, (laughs) and I didn't think that was a good idea. So all different countries have different rules, and there's a lot of research that goes into that that I've only done some, and I'm not really up on that. But I can talk about the interstate moves or even intrastate. If you're, for example, you're you're living in Southern California and you want to move to Northern California, yeah. there are things that you can do to set that up well. Well, in fact, you actually relocated to Portland from somewhere else right. and, and vice versa. Yes. You ended up finding work out of state and that's just how, exactly. it, how it worked out for you. But the idea here is that you deliberately have a purpose for relocating somewhere. Exactly. So and... when, I, when I was in California, I wanted to come back home to Portland because this is where I grew up, I, I have, have felt for some time that this is a really good fit for me here. And so I wanted to get back into that to primarily to test it. Is it in fact where I belong? And of course things have gone well since I came back. The, there are a few things that I tell people when they, when they ask me, how do I get a job in another city? There are some things that you want to be prepared for. And the first one is be able to talk about why. Why are you relocating to a new place? Or in my case, to an old place, a place where you used to be but haven't been for a while. And it's not because you want to make up a story. It's that you want to sound confident in telling your story. So I tell people, practice this. Practice your story so you can be concise, so you can make it sound as compelling for the other person and as you feel it is for yourself. And that way they don't think that you're just making it up just to get a job because that sense of desperation doesn't make anybody look good. And you're confident in your communication makes them confident in you. Yes. And also allows them to see, okay, if I do pay for relocation or not, I might have to go get the funds for that. And if this guy's good enough or gal, I might consider paying for that that relocation sure. expense. And now getting that attention in the first place, being able to have the conversation. Uh, there are some tricks to the trade, uh, if you will, that, that I think are important. First of all, as part of the story, you need to know when you want to move as well. Whatever the reason is, say you want to be with family or um, there's a a group of friends you know whatever that is or parents whatever know what your time frame is because if you have a hard deadline that you have to be somewhere it's important to set yourself up to be able to talk about that again without sounding desperate 
You also want to give yourself enough lead time. And if you don't actually have a deadline, then be ready to tell people that, you know, you're looking to move in X period of time, something short term, but you're not committing yourself to say, I'm going to be there by the 15th. It's, Unless you're going to be there yeah, by the 15th. Yeah. And then by all means, tell them that. And yeah. then, But you got to be here by the 15th because yeah. they may put off an interview until the 16th. And if you're not here, that could be problematic. Know what your timing looks like, how firm it needs to be, how open it needs to be. And again, if it's open, just talk in general terms. I'm planning on being there around the end of the month or around the middle of next month or whatever that looks like. And be prepared to make good on that. It's important to determine whether or not you can afford to cut off one source of income to relocate and, and have some runway to get another opportunity. Right. Because being local does make a little bit of a difference. It does. And convincing hiring teams to invest in relocation might be out of their, how would it say, their budget, which is an uncommon. Uh, I would encourage you, if you can, try to relocate in advance and create for yourself some runway. I understand also that that's not always possible. Right. right. You have to be somewhere at a certain time or your spouse gets a promotion and, gosh, you're stuck back here and, and you don't want to relocate the whole family until the school year's over. And, you know, there's all these uh, decisions well, that have to be made. And that what you just described is exactly what happened to somebody in my family just this year. The fact that he moved to the South, they were in Southern California, and he left his wife back home to finish wrapping up the house, making sure that the remodeling that they had started was finished, that everything was set up. And that was like a two-month process that they were then living in two different places and obviously had to pay for both places. If you're in a position where you can build up that runway, say you have you know, a year's worth of, of savings, so in other words, you could pay all your bills for a full year. That's probably a good foundation. If, you, if you're in an industry where you are fairly confident that you're going to get hired right away, then maybe six months is a good amount of savings that you can eat through. And I've known people to do that. They, they've, they've been socking this money away. And it's when they think about investing in their future, they are willing to give a portion of their savings mm. to that effort. Or they may make some sacrifices, couch surf, get a roommate. Sure. I mean, whatever that looks like. And that, you know, I always think of uh, Katie, uh, who we were talking about before that we started the podcast, how she, she was working in a, a distant city. It, it literally is a five-hour drive from where she was to get to Portland. And she did that almost every week or every right. two weeks to come to breakfast club. And that was her way of kind of saying, okay, yes, I'm still working, but I'm going to dedicate some time to come here because I'm not working full time. Right. She had a more flexible schedule that allowed her to visit that geography. Yep. And so maybe that's something to consider is, can I get my current employer, let lay it out and say, hey, here's my situation. Spouse is over here now. I'm going to have to relocate. And often you might have a conversation to say, hey, can I do do my job remote in this other place? Yes. For a period of time until you locate somebody else, or maybe they make that permanent, but at least you put it on their radar that yep. you're in that position and not that you're leaving for cause, but you have this situation. Right. I think that's great advice. If you have a good relationship with your current employer and you're look you're looking to move because your spouse or some other important reason 
is sort of compelling you, then a lot of employers are in a position to do something, at least in the short term, so that you could help, um, you, you know, you could still be getting some kind of income, maybe not all that you used to, but a lot of people are willing to work with you when you're still showing loyalty to them, knowing that this is going to have to change in some fashion. And if they know people in the city that where you're going, your destination, they may be able to help you in that way as well. Advocates all around. Yeah. So the more advocates you can create to help you through that relocation, the better. If that doesn't exist for you, you don't have a, a willing ear with your employer and it looks like you're on your own, it doesn't hurt to create some sort of local presence for yourself. Absolutely. And that includes building yourself a local network being deliberate about connecting with people in that geography on LinkedIn, whatever that looks like, uh, and even getting a local phone number. Often you can get a mobile device oh, well, or, or even a Google voice number exactly, exactly. Uh, that, that has a local area code <laughs> so that you at least appear local. When I was, uh, this was several years ago, but I was actually looking, uh, had been going back and forth between Portland and Long Beach, California. And so I had a Google Voice number for Long Beach, which I ended up needing because, yes, I landed a job there, but I didn't want to get rid of my Oregon phone number because I knew eventually I'd be back. And so, but I needed a local phone number for the condominium place where I was living. They had the, the dial-in buzzer. Oh. So I needed a local number for that. So I just <laughs> kept that for yeah. as long as I lived in the condo. But these, these are ways to create a local presence without having to be in place. There are a lot of the uh, mail services that, that uh, can receive mail for mm -hmm. you and then ship it in bulk, either weekly or monthly you or want however it to go. you want. Yeah. yeah. And so that is an option. And it's a real address. It's not something, it's not a P.O. box. So you can have packages or anything else delivered to these locations. Yeah. And I think that is a really good service. Yeah, even the UPS store is they a do. physical address. Yes. And you won't know. It just has your business name and a suite number. And so they think you have a, an actual suite there. It just happens to be 3 by 5 by 12 right. or whatever. Right. It's just a little box. Now, you had mentioned couch serving a minute ago. Having a friend, if you do have a friend in your destination city, then asking that friend to allow you to use their address on your uh, resume or to receive professional e uh, mail there. I have yet to find any of my friends who would say no because you're not intruding on their living space unless you're couch serving, which many of my friends would let me do that too yeah. for a limited period of time, of course. You know, they, I don't know that they would want anybody coming into a one-bedroom apartment sleeping on the couch for a long stay. Three's company. Yeah. For a week or two, my friends have allowed me to do that. There have been times when I've needed that, when I've been between homes. So having that local presence makes a difference because if you put a, a local address on your resume, which there's a lot of back and forth about putting a, an address on a resume in the first place. You're giving away personal information. Let's assume that you do. Having your, in this case, California address while looking for work in Portland, that may be a disqualifier before they actually look at your qualifications. I recommend get a local address so you can put that on your resume. 
You can still add a city-state without putting your address on there. Often it could be that the application itself, the yes. online piece, might ask for uh, an address, and that's when you would need yes. that. It's and not something that's required on a resume. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I would suggest is that if you're looking at maybe a six-month or a one-year window to actually make this transition, it's kind of an on-purpose transition where you have some time, uh, is to make regular trips to the area. If you're going there already to meet people or to be with family or to check out the schools or whatever that reason might be, you can then bundle your networking activities and, and any interviews and those sorts of things around those trips. Yes. Just so that you can optimize your time in the, in the geography as much as possible. Well, and I think it's also especially important if you don't know the city well, wherever you're headed. Um, but even if you do, if, if it's been a while since you've been there, I think it's important to maintain your credibility by, be by being able to speak about that locale in current terms. Because if you're talking about something that actually hasn't really been in existence for the last three years, they're going to they're gonna question, where is this coming from, right? right? And you may present that, oh, yes, I remember when I went to this place, or I remember when I went to that place. And they're, again, going to start to question, why isn't there anything current? I love the idea of coming to the destination city periodically because for those who want to build their network in their destination, that's the way to do it. You got to show up to things. And in these networking opportunities, when they know you're coming up just to network, that actually is a good thing. You're showing your enthusiasm about wanting to be here and commitment. people want to help you. Yeah, exactly. Have a commitment to be in that geography, be present. People will take you more seriously that you're really making that move. It's not uncommon that when you're out there on social media uh, trying to make connections that people are going to see what geography you're in. And you can go into LinkedIn, put in a new zip code, and uh, change your geography even though you're not living there. But it is important that they see that you are there. It's not a ruse. And believe me, if you are looking at specific employers, they probably will look online, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, anything else. They are going to They're see gonna audit your... if you have a social mm -hmm. media presence. And so if all of your social media is in Newark, New Jersey, and you're saying that you live in San Francisco, that disconnection is going to raise question marks. If I, as a hiring manager have a chance to look at an application from someone that everything is copacetic and then I get one where there's something questionable, I don't think I'm going to spend too much time on the questionable resume or application. I will go with one that, that feels authentic. With that said, if the second one comes in and, oh my goodness, this person is absolutely qualified, I may give that that disconnection a pass. Going to that place to do your networking, take pictures, talk about the positive experiences you have in your destination city. And it doesn't have to cost a fortune to go there regularly. If you are talking about a very long distance move where, where driving is not an option, then budgeting those plane tickets and having that friend in the city or figuring out a way to afford that trip, you can probably do that more often than you think. Now, there are going to be some people who simply can't. And those are the ones that are going to have to hit hard the efforts on 
contacting people in these cities and telling them, yes, I'm going to need relocation and all that. Those jobs are few and far between, but they do exist. So don't lose hope. And don't overlook the value of networking, even when you're not in that location. What we're finding is more and more people are doing their networking virtually anyways. They're doing phone conversations or even a Skype. And the interviews are happening this way anyways as well. So you may have two or three interviews by phone or Skype or what have you before you even show up in a city. Well, and that's what happened to my last job in California was I was here in Portland. I did the first two interviews via Skype and then uh, I drove down to have the, the last interview and ended up staying because they offered me the job that day, which was not expected. I stayed down there and had all my stuff shipped back to me. The, the one thing about networking via LinkedIn especially is if you're reaching out to someone who is in a different city from where you are now, I think it's really important that you send that message as to why you want to connect because I get a lot of messages from people in far-flung areas where we have one friend in common or one connection in common. They, they don't send me any message. It's like, why would you want to connect with me? If you tell them why, and then you make an effort to actually engage in conversation with them, that will actually begin the effort. But if you're just connecting with people at a distance, you don't give them any reason as to why, and you don't follow up, why would they want to connect? They wouldn't. When you do go into LinkedIn, they often make it very easy for you to click a connect button, and you're not aware that it actually just sends a boilerplate message. They don't give you the option. So I always encourage people to to connect from the desktop computer, from the profile page itself. Exactly. Go to their profile. Right. So they can see, number one, that you've looked at their profile. And number two, that you click the connect button and you actually put a customized message. Even something saying like, hey, I'm relocating to the area. I'm doing discovery. We'd like to get your perspective on X, Y, and Z. Yep. Uh, are you open to a conversation? Connect. Yeah, I think that's the perfect message because it's clear that what the motive is. I, I generally hesitate to connect with anyone that I don't see a, a logical connection happening unless we have, you know, 10 connections in common and then I'm going to assume that there's some affinity there. But I reach out to those people. And then when they come back and say, oh, I just, you know, I, I want to know who you're connected with. Uh, that's a problem. You're just mining my uh, connections list and you're not really looking to network. And that is something that I generally tell people, try to avoid doing that. Well, be honest and at least tell people why. And if they say yes, great. If they don't, that's okay too, in my book. You're not going to get 100% of the people to say yes to that. But you know, you want to increase your chances of actually getting connected and having that conversation regardless of the geography. When we talk about the conversations that happen for interviews, that can be something of a dance because, for example, again, in my case, I had the Skype interviews. Those went very well. They wanted to see me in person, so I drove down. And if if you're really trying hard to get to that destination city, you have to be prepared to make the trip when it works for them. That's not easy. So it does take some preparation to be able to do that. But when they know that you've done that for them, and if they have said in the job posting or in the conversations you've had that they don't cover relocation, 
you have to once again be ready with that confident story to to explain to them why you don't need relocation assistance because if if they can't offer it and you can make them feel good about the fact that you're coming anyway they will consider you if there's any question about that that's going to keep a yellow flag if not a red one flying in the back of their minds and you can check with your tax person. There is a number of things when you relocate that are tax deductible. If it's outside of a certain mile radius of where you are currently, you can write off a lot of those expenses. And, and I've worked in the real estate industry, so I know how they fund the relocations. It's typically on the back of the real estate commissions. So um, that's how they fund all of the all of the costs of relocation. Interesting. At least the, the moving piece of it. The one thing I would say in the end, though, is if you really want to go to the other city, to a different place, do it. Make it happen. It can be so exciting. And if you, the worst case scenario is you get there and after a year or two, this just is not working. I hesitate to say that it's not worth the investment because if you don't try it, you would never know. You can always go somewhere else if you land in a place that you just can't stand. I also think about bloom where you're planted. Mm. I don't know who said that. It's a quote that I've known for ever since the Great Recession uh, when I was going back and forth to, to try and find work. Bloom where you're planted. Don't worry so much about what you don't like. Find the things that you do. If you are determined to get to a new city, make it happen. Don't be afraid to try it. On top of that, uh, recommend that you get engaged with a lot of the local publications, maybe even get in plugged in with uh, chapters of the associations you belong to. Yep. Maybe there's a local chapter great, there. Great, great start, advice. Start planning your trips based on, hey, there's a chapter meeting for this and there's a meeting for that. So not only are you going to do these networking things, but I also have all these group events so you can optimize your time. Yeah, great that, idea. That's exactly what Katie did. She came to town, she went to Breakfast Club, mm -hmm. and she went to these other things, yep. and met with Cleon, and, and did all the all the things here locally, and she, you know, it took her some time to find the right position, but she found the perfect position yeah. for her. And again, we've said it, We in fact, we talk about it in the Anatomy of a Networking Conversation, about the, the fact that they want to see you more than once before they trust you. If they see you coming back, they see that you are investing your time in the association and for the local chapter, they are going to take you seriously when you start talking to them about jobs. We do have a free download for you. Scott just mentioned it, thankfully. That is the anatomy of a networking conversation. If you go to the website where the show notes and everything is located, that's jobseekersradio.com forward slash zero four nine you'll see a box there that you can click on to actually download this free resource it'll walk you right through all the steps that we have put together this document to make it easy to do something that's for most people really scary i would encourage you to download that free resource it's our gift to you for actually listening all the way through this that's right this uh, podcast i appreciate that well, thank you all for joining us for this episode of Job Seekers Radio. Uh, we want to acknowledge your investment of time and your attention is greatly appreciated. Head over to iTunes and subscribe to get future episodes. And while you're there, uh, we'd be grateful if you'd leave us a rate and review. Uh, your feedback actually goes into future podcasts. And if you have any questions at all, we're happy to answer those questions. So 
Give us an email message on the website or leave us a review on iTunes and we'll respond to those messages. Well, this is Andrew. And I'm Scott. Until next time, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Thanks, everybody. Take care.